you're listening to The Gathering Church Podcast, located in Asheville, North Carolina. The Gathering is a place where you can belong before you believe. To find out more, visit gatherashville.org. Good morning. My name is Mikey. I'm the associate pastor here. And I just want to say that we are so glad that you are joining us today. Uh, If this is your first time joining us, it sounds like I'm going into announcements because I usually do them, but I'm not. Um, But if this is your first time joining us, our pastor, John Mark, and his wife, Raelle, they just welcomed their new third baby girl into the world this past week. And so they are out for a couple weeks and we uh, are happy for them and we're praying for you guys and we love you guys. Um, And they've got a a beautiful um, baby girl now. And so we're super excited about that. But I do want to say that if you've been coming for the past couple weeks and you've seen me up here, um, I love doing this. But I would encourage you continue to come back and hear from our pastor, hear from our leader, hear from what his heart is for the community, for this church, as he um, shares his gift of preaching and teaching to us. I would encourage you, keep coming back, keep checking us out, and um, and, and see him as he comes back. Um, Before I jump in to James 3, we are in a series on James. Um, I just wanted to bring to attention one ministry that's kind of new to the gathering. It's not new. It's not a new ministry. It's been going on for a while, but this ministry is called uh, MOPS. It's our AVL MOPS, and MOPS is a, a, a ministry designed for moms. It's designed for moms of a, of a kid of any age between 0 and 18. We want to serve you. And we've got two incredible MOPS coordinators, Chelsea Halmerson and Kristen Polk. And they have a heart to see moms flourish. They have a heart to see moms encouraged and filled up. And so if that's you, if you're a mom in here and you want some community and you want to get plugged into some other moms that are kind of going through the same stuff, I would encourage you, go to gatherashville.org slash AVL mops and sign up today. There are limited spaces left, and so I'd encourage you, if you want to do that and jump in on this new season they're launching, then um, do that today. Um, it's, a, it's an incredible ministry, and, and we want to take care and, and love on you moms. And so go to do that today. Well, like I said, we are continuing in a series through the book of James. Um, if you've been following with us the past couple weeks, then you know that, that we are going uh, week by week. We are uh, taking a chapter and we are just taking some big points out of it and just really saying, okay, God, what do you want to say to us um, in these words, in this scripture, in this chapter? And, and if you have been following with us, I'm glad. I would, I would encourage you to continue to read with us um, each week. We're doing James 3 today. Uh, next week, your reading plan is James 4, if you'd like. Um, I'd encourage you to read with us. You can read the whole book as well, but, um, but partner with us in that, just, so, just that, so that we're all reading it and ingesting it together. Well, um, if you have been with us, and we learned over the past couple weeks about this idea of, of this guy, James. And that James is, what we learned last week, is he is the younger brother of Jesus, um, Someone uh, came up to me afterwards and said, actually the half-brother, because different dads, right? Um, 
But yes, he is the half-brother of Jesus. And so he, he grew up with Jesus. He, he walked along. He was, he was a teenager with Jesus. Um, I would have loved to hear those stories. But, um, but we, also heard, we also learned that James is a straight shooter. Like he doesn't mix words. He doesn't pull any punches. He, he is all in. He is a, he is a, br- a blunt um, person that just says it like it is. And, and I think that we can take some stuff from that. I think it's been good for us. And, and today is no different. If you're familiar with James 3, um, it's an easy topic. It's called taming the tongue. Yeah, no, it's impossible. But, um, but we're going to talk about this idea of taming our tongue. And James 3, James is writing this letter to churches and he is saying, churches, Christians, I want to I warn you about your words, and I want to warn you about your tongue, because it is dangerous. And so if you've got a Bible, um, go to James chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 1, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read a chunk of Scripture for us this morning. And so if you're behind on your reading, we'll catch up. It says this, verse 1, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, For you know that that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. And for we we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a small, a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. And so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, set on fire, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird or reptile of the sea creature have been, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. And from the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring forth? Does a spring pour forth from the same opening fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce fruits? Neither can salt, neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. So like I said, this is a a meaty text that that James is coming right for us. He's He's got a letter that's only five chapters long. Um, but if you write a letter that has chapters, I mean, that's a long, anyways. Um, but, but he's coming right for us. He's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I just want you to know right off the bat, this is going to be a dangerous topic that we are talking about. We're talking about taming the tongue. Um, as, as some of you might know, some of the most exciting and also frustrating moments that you've spent online and we've all been guilty of them, I'm sure, are those moments where you're reading a section called the comment section. You know what I'm talking about. 
You've spent days on this, right? You've, you've clicked that button. You're like, I'm just going to read. They've got 18,000 comments on this video about a cat. I'm going to read what they say. And you click that button and then hours go by and you are stuck. You are sucked into this, this realm of the comment section. And I started like researching and started thinking about this reality of like, why did they create the comment section? Why? I'm out of the light. Why did they create the comment section? I don't, I don't get it. And as I was looking into it, it was, it was fascinating. It was, it, it was a marketing tool, obviously. It was a, it was a tool that, that, that brands and that um, companies and websites, and um, they, they used this as a way of engagement. They wanted to uh, allow the reader to engage with the product or ask questions about it or, um, or just comment about their, um, their experience with it or whatever it may be. And, they, and, it, and so they created this in a way that there's also like this algorithm and people, as you are more engaged, then they send more people to you, whatever. And I was like, that's fascinating. That's really cool. And then I did a little bit more research and there's actually, there's actually websites or apps that are designed for just the comment button. One of them is called, and I'm not encouraging or recommending this site, um, and I actually have never been to it. I'm, again, not encouraging or discouraging, but I'm just saying it, it, it's a site called Reddit. You've probably heard of it. Uh, but I, I honestly could say I have no idea what Reddit is all about. I have no idea what, what the whole purpose or the whole premise of this app is. And, and so I just did a research on it and I just started Googling it and saying, okay, what is Reddit? And first of all, I think it's fascinating that it is the seventh most popular website in the whole country. The entire country, there are more people going to this Reddit site than anything, any others besides the six before them. And across the world, it's the 19th most popular website in the world. And the whole premise of this, this, this app is, is that you, apparently as a subscriber, you can just post something and then you can just comment on it. You can just talk about it, whether you know anything about it or not, you can just just talk about it. You can blast it. You can encourage it. You can do whatever you want. And you can find basically anything on this website. And I'm like, that's, that's fascinating. That sounds kind of boring, but it, that's what it is. That's what, and, I, and maybe I'm wrong, but that's, that's what Reddit is. And, and I was thinking about that reality of like, man, we love to talk, right? We love to share words. We love to, to text. We love to um, type, to email, to, to talk, to, and and I did, again, I love facts and statistics and whatever, but another one was is that um, an average person, this is an average person, this isn't the over-talker or the, the quiet, you know, introvert, but this is the average person. It is believed that they talk for one-fifth of their life. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't that weird? That you, you are talking for 20% of your life. And again, this is an average. This is, you know, who knows how they figured this out. They also talked about this idea that, that your words, the amount of words that on average that you use per day could fill four books with 200 pages each in the book. Over a year, it's like 138 books or something like that that you fill with 200 pages each with just the words that you're saying or the text that you're texting or, or the emails. It's just with just the words that come out of our mouth or our heart or our brain can fill this, this much stuff. And now, granted, take, take the facts however you want. They're, you know, 
what, is, what did Abraham Lincoln said? Everything on the internet's made up or something like that. And it's, um, but here's the reality. The truth behind it is, is that we talk a lot. We say a lot of stuff. We say, we use words in, in a lot of different ways. We, we talk a lot. And so I'm not surprised that, that James is, is, is using a chapter, a portion of his book to be able to say, hey, I want to make sure you understand how to use words. How do you use communication? He alludes to it a little bit in James 1.9. He says, be quick to listen. He says, slow to speak and slow to become angry. He's saying, quick to listen, but be slow to use a word. Be slow to respond. And I think that there's three reasons why. I think there's three reasons why he's saying this. I think he knows that one, not this isn't the first one, but he knows that words determine our, our direction, right? Words determine our direction. And so words, I think that there's something we need to kind of unpack about what words are. And so there's three things I want to talk about with words. Three things that words are. Number one is this, words are powerful. Words are powerful. And so because words are powerful, I want everyone in here to hear this. That means you are powerful because you control your words. You are the one that directs and guides and uses words. And so we need to understand this morning off the bat is that, that words are powerful and that we are powerful because of it. And so understand that words are powerful. What do I mean by that? James 3 3 through 5 says this. It says, If we put bits into the mouth of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. And so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. James is saying that your words are powerful. Words are powerful. We know this. We believe this. Think about, think about how you got your job. How you got your job. Your job, you got your job or didn't get a certain job largely based on what words you used at a certain time or another. During that interview, you sat down and, um, and, and, and I remember I, I, I worked at Starbucks for a long time. I got to interview hundreds of people really. And I love sitting down with some of the, the, the younger people that have never been in an interview before. And they're like fumbling their words. and Like, oh, I'm sorry. And I just was like, yeah, okay, you're, you're good. I'll hire you. But, um, but others, like they just said like one line. They're like, yeah, I just don't like people. And I'm like, well, you're not going to be working with people. Sorry. Uh, not going to work out. But, but largely based on what words we use, we got our jobs. How many of us know that we are one sentence away from losing our job. <laughs> Amen to that. John Mark, we love you. I'm just kidding. He's my boss. Um, but we are one sentence away from losing our jobs because words have power. Or how about, I remember November, not, November, I wish I knew the date. Oh, November 2008. I'm sitting at a dinner table. Hands are sweaty and clammy sitting at a dinner table at a, on a cruise ship. It's the captain's ball. I'm dressed out in the only, tuck, the only tie I own. Um, my dad helped me tie it probably. 
and I'm sitting there and I'm eating my, my filet and, I'm, and I know what's coming and I'm sitting there, my friends are around me, my, bro- my brother, some of my family, some of my closest friends are there, Morgan's there. If you don't know Morgan, she's my wife. Morgan's there, her family's there. And I stand up. And she's like, what are you doing? And I get on a knee. And I tie my shoe. No, um, I get on a knee. (laughs) And I mumble and I stumble and I go through the most anxiety, guys, y'all know, the most anxiety-ridden 30 seconds of my life. I don't think I actually said an English word. I just mumbled out words and, and, and sounds. And it came out to, Morgan, will you marry me? In the next moment, the next word that comes out of her mouth is the most powerful word to date in my life at that time because at that moment, what she says next changes everything about my life. If she says no, then I stand up, grab a drink, and I leave. Um, But if she says yes, everything has changed for the rest of my life. She said yes, come on. Um, Words are powerful. We have to understand that starting out with this, we have to understand that words are powerful. Next is, words are, words are dangerous. Words are dangerous. Proverbs, um, I'm sorry, James 3, 5 says, how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire by such a small spark. If you're familiar, um, there was a, a fire out in California back in 2007 called the Angora Fires. And, 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 and it's, it's saddening, but, but fascinating to see that at the, at the height of it, there were over 2,000 firefighters that it took to fight this fire that took out hundreds of thousands of, of acreage of, of land and property. It's just this fire that just raged. It's believed to have taken about 11 to $20 million to fight this fire. It, it costs over $130, $140 million of destruction that happened. And it all started with an illegal campfire that someone said, I'm going to start a fire. And that single match, that single fire took out millions and millions and millions of dollars. Understand that that words are powerful, but also the words we use, the words we say are also so, so very dangerous. Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers of all time, believed that as he was, as he was taking his 10,000 plus congregation into a new um, facility, into a new area where he's going to be preaching to 10,000 people all at once. Um, and he, and they are, they're in the midst of the prayer service, the prayer time where it's quiet. And one person stands up and yells one word, fire. And mass chaos happens. Chaos happens and um, it's believed that seven people died. Over 30 people were injured all because of one word. So we have to understand that words are powerful. Words are dangerous. How many of you can remember? How many of us can remember? And when we look in the mirror, we, we remember that what we see in the mirror has largely based on what was said about us or said to us from a parent or a sibling or a friend or an enemy 
or an ex. And we, we, can, we can look in the mirror and we can, it's largely what we see in, re, in response to that mirror is so much based on what was said about us, what was said to us. Someone may have said to you, you are, you're, you're, you're awkward, you're weird, you're insecure, you're ugly, you're this, you're that, whatever. And, and we see now, we look in that mirror and we see it and it still gets us. And it's been years or decades. We know this to be true. We even created a, a, a horrible children's rhyme. <laughs> Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And the reason we came up with that is because we knew that words do hurt. We wouldn't have come up with it if words didn't hurt, right? Words are dangerous. They hurt. Last thing is, is that words are wicked. Words are powerful, words are dangerous, and words are wicked. James 3, 6, And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, set on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. We sang about hell, and we, we didn't sing about hell, but we sang about hell has lost another one, and now I'm saying it again. I'm saying hell a lot this morning. I apologize. But um, words are wicked. Words are wicked. It's not just that, that, um, that words are dangerous, but words are wicked. They are actually, there's something in us that has been set on fire by hell because our, our words are wicked. I did this study, I did this real quick research on, on, um, on suicides over the past three years of young people. I was a student pastor for many years. Students are dear, dear to my heart. I love students so much. And I was reading this article about students and suicides and, and there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cases of students taking their own life, not because of a chemical unbalance, not because of a depression, not because of an anxiety, but because they were bullied by people that were, they were saying words to them over and over and over and over again. Words are wicked. Words are, are in us and they come out of us and they are set on fire by hell, by hellfire. They're wicked. We need to understand that, that, that words are powerful. Words are dangerous. Words are wicked. James 3, 8 and 9 says this, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. He says we can't tame our tongues. I only, I've only held a lion one time. <laughs> uh, it was a real lion. Um, I was in Swaziland, Africa. I spent some time there and it was a blast. And, and uh, we met a, uh, a family that had a pet lion. Now granted, if you hear the words pet lion, you should feel weird about that. Um, but they had a pet lion. And I remember holding this baby lion in my arms and it was the strongest cat I have ever felt in my, I could still feel its muscles and it was intimidating to me. Um, but I remember holding that lion and reading this and it just came back to me, this idea that, that think about like, that as, as humans, we have tamed 
the, the, the most fierce animals ever. It says in James that he says, look at the, look at the, uh, the horses, how you control the horses. Look at the, the lions. Look at, you, we, we as humans have controlled even the most apex predators on planet earth. We've controlled them where we've got lions that are doing, they're jumping through like circles of fire and we've got elephants that are wearing like tutus and, and we've got like, we, we've, we've been able to control even the, the greatest, most powerful animals ever. But James says you can't control your tongue. James says, but you can't because it is, it is a wicked thing that is beyond our power, beyond our capability of controlling. So much so that look at um, this tongue test. <laughs> tongue test. It's just a quick little um, test that I would, I would challenge us, encourage you. Try to do this for a day. Try to do this for a week. Try to do this for an hour. Do not complain at all. <laughs> I'm out. Do not boast about anything. Do not gossip or repeat bad information. Do not run someone down even a little bit behind their back or in front of their face. Do not run someone down. And do not defend or excuse yourself even a little. Our tongues are wicked, uncontrollable by us. Good news. <laughs> We don't, it doesn't have to be. I think, there's, I think there's still hope for us. I think James is still saying, he, still, he, he comes out, like I said, he came out and was saying it. He's like, here is where words are powerful. Words are dangerous. Words are wicked. You can't control the tongue. See, I told y'all, you can't do it. But I think, that there's some, I think that there's some hope still for us. One thing is I want to say before I jump into the, the hope is, is that I want, to, I want to ask the question, why, why, is our, why are our words so powerful? Why are our words so dangerous? Why are our words so wicked? Luke 6.45 says this. It says, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil in his heart produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Words are not powerful and dangerous and wicked because of just the way the vibrations in the air work and the way that we hear it, but they're wicked and they're dangerous and they're powerful because it is the overflow of our heart is what's coming out of our mouth. The overflow of the heart is what our mouth speaks. It's what our mouth says. It's why, it's why our mouth is so dangerous. It's why our mouth is so powerful because it is a it's a representation of our heart, of what's on the inside of us. I love that, that in this book that, that James talks about, or Jesus talks about it all the time and James is talking about it in this book. But his whole, his whole message, like we talked about last week, his whole heart behind of what he's saying and why he's writing this letter is he's saying, I want you to not be, I want you to have integrity. I want you to have what's on the inside actually be able to come out. I want you to, what's on the inside of you actually come out of your mouth and not, that's why he says in the verse, he's, in there he talks about, it. he says, these things ought not to be. We shouldn't curse and bless with the same mouth. He's saying, I want you to be, have integrity. As a Christian, I want you to, to speak like a Christian. 
Because what you speak is the, is the, it's the external of what's on the inside. So how do we tame our tongue? How do we tame our tongue? Because, because it's seeming kind of bleak right now. I mean, the Bible says, and the Bible doesn't lie. It says we can't tame it. And I believe that. I believe that there's, you know, it is wicked to the point where we, we need that. And, but I think there's some things that we can do to, to help. And so the first one is this. Be careful who you listen to. If words are powerful and words are dangerous and words are wicked, then be careful of what words you let into your, your mind. You be careful about what words you let into your ears. Who speaks into your life? My, my, my challenge to us is that I hope that, that the, the, the news and the, and the articles and the culture and the, and the, 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 the value that we're putting on ourselves, I hope it's not only coming from a social media post. I hope it's not only coming from a blast on, on, on the news or anywhere. I hope it's coming from something else. Be careful who we are letting in to our minds. I talk to students a lot and I say, hey, who your friends are, and this is adults too, who our friends are, who's around us, that will become who we are because their words, their culture, their, their, it's going to get inside of us. So be careful who you listen to. Proverbs 4, 20 and 22 says, my child, David's writing, he says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart for they bring life to those who find them and healing to the whole body. So my, my question for us is that who are we surrounding ourselves with? Where is our, where is our identity coming from? Who is it that you're allowing to speak into your life about what you should and shouldn't be, how you should and shouldn't act, how you should and shouldn't who are we letting in to our minds? Who are we letting in as we listen? Some of us were like, no, I'm not, that's not really the struggle that I have. I'm good with that. Some of us, it's that the only person that we hear, the only person that we listen to is ourself. Be careful who we listen to, even yourself. I saw a t-shirt one time that says, don't believe everything you think. Don't believe everything you think. Because guess what? Our hearts are not, our hearts can be wrong. Your hearts and your minds, they can be wrong. It's okay. You can admit it. Mine are. I get it. I get it. My, my heart is wicked. My heart is broken. That's why I need a Savior. That's why we worship. That's why we sing. That's why we say, hallelujah, Jesus, for saving me because I know I'm wicked. I know that the insides of me are just broken and they are destructive left to themselves. And so why would we let an external destruction in? But also why would we only listen to what we feel and what we think? We've got to know that we've got to be careful what we listen to. Be careful what you let in to your mind. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is the most deceitful or is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. I say that not to make you feel bad. I say that not to make you feel condemned, but I say that so that your eyes are open and saying, okay, yeah, I'm in. That's me. If that's you, then, then you're in great company because that's all of us. 
Our hearts are, are sick. Our hearts are deceitful. So be careful who we listen to. Be careful what we listen to, not just social media, not just the news, not just TV, not just the music, not just the movies, not just the, the sitcoms, not, and not just our feelings and not just our emotions, but we say, hey, what does the word of God say about me? What does Jesus say about me? How does Jesus view me? And I'm gonna line myself up with that person. I'm going to line myself up with those words and I'm going to say, okay, Jesus calls me an heir to the kingdom, so I'm going to live like an heir to the kingdom. My, my God says that I'm his son. I got it tattooed on my arm because I needed to hear it over and over and over that I am called son. And so live like a son. Don't live like someone trying to earn something, but live like a son. Who are we listening to? Are we just listening to what's inside of us or what's external? Or are we listening to the word of God? Pastor John Mark started this series out with saying, hey, get the word in you so that you know how to live better. Get the word of God in us so that we can say, okay, there's nothing, there's nothing that is shaking. Everything's shaking other than this word. This word, if we get it in us, then it can begin to change us and we begin to walk by the word and not by our feelings and not by what is said. We're done around us. So we be careful of who we listen to. Second thing is, is that we be careful of what you say. Be careful of what you say. Psalms 19, 14 says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my God, my Redeemer. Know why you say it. Know what you say and why you're saying it. Don't just say things, Right? We've got a world of just saying things. We've got a world of getting on Reddit and just redditing. I don't know, is that a verb? Um, we've got a world, so know what you're saying and why you're saying it. Understand, and maybe this is just for myself, I don't know. Understand that we are not professionals. We are not experts in every single thing, and that's okay. Know what you say and why you are saying it. Understand that your words, when you put them out into the world, are dangerous. The words you use are wicked. The words you use can be destructive. So let's be careful of what we say. James 1.9 again says, be quick to listen, slow to speak. Let's not be flippant with our words. Don't just spout things off because we got to say something. Instead of words of destruction, I would encourage us, use words of affection. Instead of words of doubt, use words of faith. We see so much doubt already. Why don't we speak words of faith into the world? Why don't we say, hey, you know what? I'm going to be intentional about speaking faith into my friends and speaking, speaking faith into my situation. Words to tear down. Instead, let's use words of encouragement. And instead of words of death, we use words of life. Be careful of what you say. Proverbs 15, 4 says, the soothing tongue has a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Be careful of what you say. Number three is be careful of what you leave behind. Understand that we all leave a wake behind us. You walk into a room and you walk out of a room. Be careful of what you're leaving behind, what stench you're leaving behind. <laughs> I just got a picture of crop dusting. I apologize, but that's... <laughs> That's where my mind went. Um, wickedness. All right. Crop dusting. Okay. But um, the plane. I don't know what y'all are talking about. Um, but be careful of what we leave behind. 
My, my, my prayer for us this morning is this, is that what if the gathering church was a church that was known in our city for being a city or being a church that was leaving encouragement behind that, that when we walked out of a room, encouragement just fell off of us. Courage was being put into people as we walked out of a room. What if, what, what if we were known as the gathering church as being a church that speaks love over people and, and, not, and not hatred and not judgment and not, what if we were known for that? Be, be, be careful of what we leave behind. And maybe this is going to be encouragement to someone, but, but can I tell you that as a Christian, your job and my job is to not point out sin in someone else. Did you know that your job and my job is to not speak to someone that they are wrong, that they are sinful, but our job is to love them, to love the hell out of them. Our job is to not point out and, 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 and fix, but our job is actually to say, hey, I believe in a Holy Spirit that I know can fix you without me ever having to do anything. Is that freeing to anyone else? That we don't, we don't have to have all the right answers. We don't have to walk into a room and be like, I'm the expert, listen to me. You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. No, we walk in and say, I'm here, I love you. I'm, I'm a mess, I'm wicked, I'm broken, I'm a mess. But hey, guess what? I know Jesus I know Jesus and I know that Jesus is the one that has saved me and has brought me back and has made me whole once again and so that we can actually walk into our city not having to correct anyone. Guess what? There's a spirit called the Holy Spirit that can actually do that, that does it better than us. So I want to encourage us, be careful of what we listen to. Be careful of what we speak. Be careful of what we leave behind. And lastly, know this. Know that you can't do this alone. You can't. James has been saying it from the beginning. You can't do this alone. James 3, 8 says, But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. We can't do this alone. And that's good news. I hope that's good news to you. That's good news to me. Because I've tried, I've tried the tongue test before and I fail every single time. So the good news for us this morning is, is that you can't do it alone. And guess what? You're not expected to do it alone. That that same Holy Spirit that I believe is going to change our city, that that same Holy Spirit that's going to change our family and our friends and our coworkers is actually the same Holy Spirit that's going to change us from the inside out that's going to get on the inside of us and that's going to begin to change our heart so that we don't have to force our tongue to do what it doesn't want to do, but we, it changes our heart so it naturally does what we love for it to do. That's the good news is that, that, the, that the Holy Spirit comes in and he begins to change our heart. And then our mouth begins to change because of it. This isn't a, a to-do list. This isn't a, we need to do these things so that. This is a, hey, we need Jesus to come in and change our hearts so that we can be different. And so we need the Holy Spirit. We need Jesus this morning to change us from the inside out. And we also, we also need community. We talk about life groups all the time. We talk about the dream team all the time. We talk about church all the time because with what we're doing here, we need this. We need each other. We need each other to strengthen each other, to sharpen one another. If you need someone to help you just walk through this life together, contact us. Put it on your connect card. Let us know. 
If you want to get into a group, if you want to get into a life group, we can get you plugged into life groups. If you want to jump on the dream team, which is a, just an ongoing life group, we can get you plugged in, but get in community with other people. We need the Holy Spirit to change us and we need people to sharpen us. And for some of us this morning, you know that, that you, as I speak and as I talk, you, you feel the inside, you feel that thing on the inside that is just moving and saying, there's, you, you gotta do something. You gotta, and there's emotion coming up. You're like, no, no, push it down. No, that's the Holy Spirit trying to speak to you this morning and saying, hey, what I want is I want you to be my son. I want you to be my daughter for the first time. I believe that there's someone in here this morning that maybe has never had a relationship with Jesus that has maybe never had a relationship that I'm talking about with Jesus, where when I talk to Jesus, it's not just I'm talking to the ceiling, but I'm talking to a, a person, a being, a power, a spirit. And maybe that's you this morning, and you, what you need more than anything is you need, to be pray, you need to pray with me as I pray, and you need to ask Jesus to just be your Savior, to be your Lord, to be your God this morning, and see what he can do with that. If that's you this morning, I'm going to pray. And I encourage you to pray with me. Jesus. Jesus. I want to be cautious of the words I use, but Jesus, I ask that you would come into my life. You would change me from the inside out. You would change my heart so that my words would change, but Lord, that you would save me to be your son, to be your daughter this morning. In Jesus' name, I believe that you are my God and I ask that you come into my life right now. The Gathering Church Podcast is produced by the Gathering Church Creative Team. Want to get involved? Fill out a Connect card online at gatherashville.org Find us on Facebook at The Gathering Church or on Instagram at Gather Asheville.